Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Shadows. They're fascinating, aren't they? We've all seen them portrayed as many things, spooky, foreboding, indicating that something typically bad is about to happen, yet the Bible paints a different picture of shadows as they relate to God. One of the most comforting passages of Scripture actually highlights how we have a great shadow under the wings of God to find rest in. It's as if it's saying, this is the best place to be when times are hard, to hide yourself in the shadows of God's wings like a bird nestles its chicks in her feathers so God wants to hide us in His love and know His comfort in times of trouble. So how do we experience that in our own lives? That's what we're taking a closer look at in our current series, The Shadow of the Almighty. Let's continue the upward journey. I don't know about y'all, but my spirit inside of me is just leaping up and down in celebration this morning. Already, I feel something powerful in this place today to stand over there and see those beautiful faces getting baptized and God touching them. And my heart is rejoicing this morning at what God is doing. It's such a good thing to see. Love y'all so much. Let's welcome our online family this morning. So good to have all of you watching from many different places in the country and in the world. So good to have you with us. You're a part of this family, and we want to say thank you for being with us today. Today, we start a new series called Shadow of the Almighty. We're going to go through Psalms 91, a little bit at a time, and learn about this most beautiful psalm. Now, I have a confession to make before I get started today. I coveted this week. And I want to get it clear before we get into this message. I coveted. I watched, and that means to want something that somebody else has got. I watched a video of a guy and his man cave. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this guy had a man cave. I wanted that man cave. What was even more powerful about it is it was a secret man cave. The guy's got a bookcase in front of it. He moves a book, pushes a button, and the bookcase slides. And you walk in, and there are lights. There's a deer head in there on the wall. There's a wall full of guns. (laughs) He had a video game, a widescreen TV. He had all his football mementos all around and it was lit so beautiful and I thought man I want that I know we're not supposed to covet but Lord if you see fit give me a man cave like that with a bookcase for a door that nobody will know about then it occurred to me he put it on YouTube so it's not a secret man cave anymore all his friends and neighbors will know which book to move and which button to push to get inside his secret man cave. I ask myself, why do I love that so much and why do I want that so much? I think all of us, or many of us anyway, have a desire to have a space that's just for us, that everything in it is stuff that we like. There's nothing in there that we don't like. That really, if we're honest about it, only we can go in. It's not for everybody. Go ahead and say amen. It's okay. And I especially, I don't know everybody else, but I especially love the secret part. You put a bookcase over it and nobody even knows it's there. I can go in there and hide away. 
and close the bookcase and nobody will even know it's there. I think there's something deeper going on with that in all our hearts that all of us long for a place that we can go that is safe, that is hidden away from our enemies, where we can go and feel like this place was made for me and I can just be here and I'm safe from anything or anybody that wants to come against me. We long for that place, that space in our lives. And I've heard so many people share, I'm going to give a quick testimony before I get to the uh, scripture today, but I've heard so many people say that this room right here is that kind of a place for them. That when they come in here, they feel a special sense of peace. When they walk into this room, new, new guests tell us very often that they stayed at Upward because of what they felt when they came into this room, which is kind of weird. What about the incredible preaching? <laughs> and the incredible worship. And just the good-looking people that are here. I'm including y'all in this now, so... But people tell us all the time, and so many new people are coming up, and we're so glad to have all of y'all, but people tell us all the time, I hear it again and again and again, that when I come into this place, I feel something. I had not experienced that. I had not. I work here. I'm here all the time. This is my second home. Periods of time, I almost live here. So I took it for granted till the other week. I, was, I woke up dealing with some anxiety, a couple issues I'm going through that really had made me anxious. Anybody else ever just wake up anxious? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I do that too once in a while. I woke up just worried, and it was just really bugging me, and I couldn't get my mind off of it, and I was really struggling. And I got up, and I was walking around the house, and I just couldn't beat it. I got in the car, and I'm on my way to work, and I thought, man, I just can't go on like this. I've got to deal with this stress and this worry. What's going to happen? So I came in the office, and I thought, I'm just going to go in the sanctuary and pray. And I'm going to tell you, for the first time in my life, I experienced this right here in this room. I walked through those doors, and as soon as I got in here, the peace of God just swept over me. And I walked around this place, and I'm like, man, have you ever felt this way? I thought, if I could just stay right here and never leave, then I would be okay. Nothing could touch me if I could just stay right here. And I went up and told the staff, I said, now I know personally what everybody else is talking about because the first time in my life I felt anxiety just run away from me because of a place. Here's the good news. Psalm 91 tells us about a place like that that you can go to wherever you're at physically. Here's the good news. You may come to this room and say, if I can just stay here, I'll be okay. This place you can stay in as you travel to other places. And the safety and the peace and the protection of that place actually goes with you because you have parked it in that place and stayed in that place. And the place goes with you. Psalm 91 starts with this powerful verse, and let's read it together. Here's what it says, Psalm 91 and verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow 
of the Almighty. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now let's look at the description of the place first of all. Two words are used to describe this place. We're going to learn about the place, how to get into the place, about the Lord of the place, and how to stay in the place. The description of the place is two words. It says secret. And I've already told you I like that. This place is hidden from your enemies. Those who would attack you cannot get into this place. Those who would throw what the Bible calls fiery darts cannot get in that place. You're safe there. It's a secret. It's hidden away. It's a place of refuge. It's a place of protection. Then it uses the word shadow. And this is a metaphor, a picture, if you will, that the psalmist uses over and over in Psalm 91. You're going to hear this. If you've read the verse where it says, God will cover you with his feathers, and wondered, does God have feathers? It is a metaphor, and it starts here with the word shadow. The picture is of a mother hen spreading her wings and gathering her chicks underneath her to protect them heard a story of a farmer told about a, a hen house burned down and he actually found the mother hen burned and when he picked up the dead body of the mother the chicks were under there and they were still alive because the mother protected them and saved them when it talks about a shadow being over us it means that we can run up under the covering and authority of God in this secret place and be safe from any attack that may come our way so the description is first of all a secret place and it's also a place of shadow where we're overshadowed by the presence of God Then it tells us about our role in the place. Our role in the place is to do only two things, and they're really the same thing. Two words, dwell, which means to sit down, to inhabit. The word the psalmist used for dwell means sit down, inhabit. It's even used for marriage. It means to marry. It means to get in a relationship with God and sit there. The second word is abide, and it simply means to stay or to spend the night. Here is your role in this secret place. You're not in administration. You're not in charge of strategic development. Your position in this place is not managerial. You're not leading anything. Your role in this place is to sit down. Oh, I love that. Sit down. Once in a while, I I like to go and I like to be places and go places. And my wife is more of a homebody than I am. I'm I'm somewhat of a homebody. She's more of a homebody than I am. Sometimes she tells me, uh, we'll be headed to the house and she'll say, I'm going home. I'm getting in my spot. And I dare you to try and move me. (laughs) Anybody else? Any of y'all have a spot where you go? My wife has a spot. I'm going to tell you, I could give you longitude and latitude. That's her spot. If she ain't there, something's wrong. I'll go looking for her. She's told me before because I like to go places. When church is over on Sunday, I don't like to go home. I like to go places. I got all this energy. I want to run around. She's like, I'm going home and getting in my spot and stay there. That's your role in this place, to get there and to stay there. 
Oh, that's such good news. You just don't leave. Stay. Look over at your neighbor and say, stay. I'm, I'm treating you all like dogs right now, aren't I? Uh, just don't leave. That's the limit of our role in this place. Then it, the, the verse tells us about the Lord of the place, and I love this. It's one of the richest descriptions of the Lord anywhere in the Scripture. In fact, Psalm 91 contains many, many different Old Testament names for God. It's like the psalmist wanted to go down the checklist and use all the names of God. In the Old Testament, there are some powerful, some mighty names of God. He is called Jehovah. He is called Yahweh. He is called Adonai. The uh, psalmist uses two titles for God in verse 1. First of all, the psalmist calls him the Most High. He who dwells in the seeker place of the Most High. That word in Hebrew is El Elyon. And it means the God that is higher than anything else. The psalmist and the New Testament church was in a very pluralistic society, a society, a, a polytheistic society really, that believed in many, many gods. And the writer of the Psalms as well as the writers of all the scriptures said this, there is one God and he is higher than any other God. The God that is the most high. My daddy can beat up your daddy. My God is greater than any God you may have. Isn't it good to know that when we come to this secret place, we're not under the shadow of the God who's in second place? But we're in the God who is most high, who rules and reigns over all the universe. This secret place is administrated, is led, is overshadowed by El Elyon, the most high God. Amen. I'm glad I serve him. The second Hebrew name when it says shadow of the Almighty, the word is El Shaddai. If you're an older Christian, you will remember the old song El Shaddai, and El Elyon is used in that first verse as well. El Shaddai means this, God Almighty. One scholar said El Shaddai means in a nutshell the God who is more than enough. Oh goodness, I like more than enough. You're not serving the God of just getting by. You're serving the God of more than enough. Can I get an amen this morning? You're serving a God who gives you exceedingly abundantly above all that you might ask or think. He's the God of more than enough. I was talking with a guy the other day. He went and bought a suit, and I thought this was so cool. I, you may not laugh at this, but he bought a suit, and he bought two pairs of pants with the suit. I said, what? You can do that? thought suits just came with one pair of pants he said well I wear a suit every day in my work and the pants if you wear a suit you know the pants wear out before the jacket does and he said I bought two pairs so that this suit will last me forever maybe not forever but a long time I thought man that's living right there look at you get two pairs of slacks with your suits. You're just on a higher level. Can I get an amen? I guess here I am coveting again. Y'all pray for me. That made me think, I serve the God that is more than enough. He's got three pairs of pants with all his suits. One scholar 
uh, studied the word El Shaddai, and, and they traced it back to mean this, the thunderer. If you want to think about that for a minute, in ancient times, as this name was written, I picture this. Someone heard the thunder peeling across the sky. Have you ever heard, just heard the thunder, and it's almost like it goes all across the sky? It's like somebody said, my God is the one that does that. My God is the one that makes that sign and that sound. I want you to hear me today. When we talk about the secret place, hear this. You're getting in the secret place of the God who is the most high over anything in the universe. So when you come under his shelter, you're under the covering of the greatest thing, the greatest person that exists. That's why you're safe. When you come under his cover, you're under the covering of God Almighty that nothing or no one can stand against him. He is the thunderer. Amen. I want to get in this place, don't you? I want to get in this place, and I never want to leave this place. I want to stay parked in the secret place of El Elyon, the Most High, under the shadow of El Shaddai, the Almighty. How do we get in this place? Well, here's what you got to do. You got to read 20 Bible verses a day. You got to buy a big Bible. Not one of them little Bibles. You got one of them little Bibles, you're ashamed of Jesus. You got to buy a big Bible. Preferably fitting under your arm like this. Get two of them, more than enough. You got to carry two of them around. You got to be at church every week. You can't miss or you're out of the secret place. Don't you miss paying tithes either. Boy, if you miss one week, you're out. Don't you get tempted, you're out. You, I hope you know I'm kidding. Don't put that as a soundbite for this sermon, please. I'm being sarcastic because that's how a lot of us actually live. We think to get in this secret place, you've got to do an, uh, an initiation ritual and uh, say all the right words. And then to stay in this place, you can't get out of line at all. I want to tell you how to get in this secret place. There's not a strategy. There's not 10 things and 10 steps you have to do. Here's how you get into this place. You ready? You put your faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you get into this secret place. The only way you get in this place is by faith in Jesus Christ. Not by your works, not by trying harder, not by giving up something, not by fasting and praying, as good as all that is. You get there because of what Jesus did. Hear me today. You do not get into this place because of what you do. You get into this place because of what Jesus did. You say, Jesus, I'm nothing. I'm unrighteous. I'm lost. I'm a sinner. I'm stubborn. I'm broken, but I come to you by faith and I ask you to forgive me and to change me. And when you do that, he does. Amen. And you enter in to the secret place. The best picture in the Old Testament of a secret place, of the secret place, is a place in the Old Testament called the Holy of Holies. It was a tabernacle built by Moses. By the way, there's some debate over this psalm. Many scholars believe Moses wrote this psalm. Many scholars believe David wrote this psalm. I don't know who wrote this psalm, but that's good to know, I guess. That's, that's free today. You don't have to pay for that. That's just free. Uh, in the Old Testament, there was a place called the Holy of Holies. 
in the tabernacle and in later the temple. When God called his people Israel, he sent Moses to Egypt to deliver them from slavery in Egypt. And they left Egypt with all kinds of miracles. God set them free. And that's a picture of us coming to Jesus Christ and being set free from sin and walking out of bondage, walking towards our promised land. That's the picture of the Old Testament. God's taking you out of your past where you were enslaved, and he's taking you to a promised land in him, in Jesus Christ. All the Old Testament is a picture of Jesus and his work. So he called them out of Egypt and they went out into the wilderness and God said, I want you to build me a place. It's a tabernacle and it's where my presence is going to dwell in the midst of my people. So they built it mobile at first because they wandered around in the wilderness much longer than they had to, just like us. But they carried with them and set it up everywhere they went. It was at the center of their nation, at the center of their camp. It was a tabernacle, and it was like a big camp. And in that, there were various articles of furniture, and sacrifices were being made. In the middle of it, there was a tent, and that tent was called the holy place. And here's where it gets really cool. There was a tent inside the tent. I like that. If you're like me, I want, I want access. I want to get in those places. You ever go to the Biltmore House? I love going through the Biltmore House. I always want to go into rooms they won't let you in. Like, what's in there? Well, you can't go in there. Well, that's exactly where I want to go. Take me in there. This is exclusive. You got the tent in the middle that very few people can go in. But, oh, you got the tent in the middle. And it's called the Holy of Holies. And the ark is in there. You know the ark. That's the ark. There's really an ark. I can never resist that when I talk about the ark. And I'm trying. Uh, The real ark of the covenant is in there. And it was the place where God's presence came down and dwelt. On top of that ark. Let me tell you how exclusive it was. Guess how many people in the nation of Israel got a chance to go in there. Guess. Guess. One, the high priest only. And guess how often he got to go in there? Once a year. Think about that. God created this secret place, this special place, and said, well, sorry, if you want to go in there and see this glorious place, you got to have a high priest to go in there to represent you. You can't go in there yourself. And he only gets in one time a year to offer sacrifice. And, and uh, let me just tell you, the Old Testament is a pretty brutal place. Jesus had not died yet for the sacrifice of our sin. And sin coming up against God without the blood of Jesus Christ, sin's destroyed. So here's what happened. If the high priest went in there to offer sacrifice on his one day a year, he had to be dressed perfectly. If there was a spot on his garment or sin in his heart, if he had not gone through the proper purification ritual to get in, if he walked into that place, he would drop dead instantly. Before he went in, get this, they had bells around the bottom of his garments so they could hear him moving around in there to know if he was still alive. Don't you imagine you would really pray a lot the night before you went in there? Don't you imagine the day before he went in there, he had no arguments with anybody. Here it gets worse. They tied a rope around his foot when he went in. 
You know what that was for? If he dropped dead, they drug him out. What an inglorious ending to a high priesthood that would be. That was real. It's a serious place. You just didn't walk into God's presence. You couldn't walk into the secret place. Later on, when they finally entered into the promised land, the city of Jerusalem established as the capital of Israel, they built, Solomon built a huge temple. And in that temple were the same things that were in the tabernacle, the outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies, now a permanent structure. That temple was destroyed by the Babylonians and due to Israel's rebellion. Later on, by the time Christ was here, Herod had rebuilt a temple, not nearly as glorious. He built it for the Jews, but it still had the outer court, the holy place, and the holy of holies, and they would worship God at that temple. They guarded the holy of holies so carefully. They had a curtain that blocked off the holy of holies that kept the secret place separate. And, and they could hook, this was how strong that curtain was it was said of that curtain that they could hook oxen to either side several and they couldn't even pull it apart to protect the presence of God here's what happened though at the very moment Jesus died on the cross he said it is finished and he gave up his life you may not know this because they don't always portray it in the Jesus films but when he died, an earthquake struck Jerusalem. Graves were opened and people came out of their graves, the Bible says. Pretty crazy. But here's the amazing thing. At the moment Jesus died, the veil that covered the Holy of Holies was torn in two from top to bottom. An invisible hand grabbed that curtain that oxen couldn't pull apart and ripped it from top to bottom. That was God saying, because of what just happened, the invitation is open for anyone who comes through the blood of Jesus Christ to enter into the Holy of Holies now. Do you hear me today? I want you to hear me today. The high priest could only go in there once a year but those who are washed by the blood of Jesus can live there. We can stay there. How do you get in there? By faith in Jesus Christ. You might be here this morning and you did drugs last night. We love you and are so glad you're here. You may be here this morning and you committed things and did things that you know are wrong. And you sat here during worship this morning and you're here right now saying, what in the world am I doing here with all these holy people? Let me help you out a little. They're not as holy as they look, first of all. <laughs> I know, I'm going in such a good direction. You're all built up and then I just knock you down. I'm sorry. Let me help you out here. We all struggle with stuff. We're holy in Jesus Christ, but we all have issues. We're growing just like you are. But here's the truth, no matter what you did last night, no matter what you did this week, you today, through the blood of Jesus Christ, can walk right into the Holy of Holies. As you give your life to Jesus Christ, you can live in that place of safety and protection. Amen. Amen. Now, what's the benefits of living in the holy place? Have you ever heard of people who are in deep stress? And you may have done this too. It's a good thing to do. 
Have you ever been in deep stress and you just try to find a mental happy place? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever need a happy place? For me, it's grandma's house. If I'm ever struggling and I'm ever down, I remember grandma's house. On Sunday afternoon, she'd make lunch for all of us and we would go. And I'm telling you, that's my mental happy place. I go back to Grandma Craver's house. But I learned this. It's not a happy place we're searching for. It's a holy place. It's a secret place of the Most High under the shadow of the Almighty. Here's what you can do. You can go into this place and worship. You get in that place with Jesus, but the world keeps trying to pull you out of it. And it is easy to get pulled out of it. Stress comes your way. Anxiety hits. Rude people come into your life. You feel overlooked. You feel cheated. You watch the news. Oh, Lord, watching the news is the quickest way for me to get pulled out of the secret place. Lord, I don't know about y'all. Maybe I'm just confessing my own failures. I can turn on the news and, man, I jump out of it as fast as I can. Not spiritually, not positionally, but mentally. You know what I'm talking about. Whenever you're stressed, you're anxious, you can run into this secret place and worship God. You may need to sit down and close your eyes and take a deep breath. And just say, Lord, I'm coming to the secret place where I live spiritually. And I lift my heart and I lift my eyes to you right now, Jesus, and I worship you. Because when you worship him, your anxiety goes down and your faith goes up. You can go to this place, secondly, and pray. The scripture tells us, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Here's what we got to do. We got to make space for the secret place. Make space for the secret place. Here's what I want you to do this week. You ready? Every day this week. I want you just to get along with God. It doesn't have to be an hour. They will say you got to pray for an hour. Could you not watch with me an hour? If you're doing nothing, five minutes is a tremendous leap. You understand that? Your prayer life will never grow as much as that from zero to five. Take five minutes and worship him and take everything you're worried about, write it down if need be. And move it from your worry list to your prayer list. That's what dwelling in the secret place is like. Amen. I'm going to close with this. Many of you know, many of you, maybe some of you don't, that last year my wife had a really terrible health crisis. We uh, drove back from a vacation and, and went to the ER. She barely made it back. And we went to the ER, and they told us that she was desperately ill. It scared us. It shocked us. We had no idea. It took, came out of left field. And she was in really, really bad shape. 
they got her in there and she began to get blood transfusions trying to get her blood back up and it was so scary and thank you all again for praying with us through that it was such a tumultuous year she had transfusion after transfusion the good news let me go ahead and give away the good news is she's off medicine now and her blood is stabilized and i'm so thrilled with that she's on no medicine now so that's just wonderful God has been so good to us, and I give him all the glory for it. And Thank you for your prayers. Her and I were talking uh, about two weeks ago, and um, I said, babe, tell me what it was like in that hospital, because this was during COVID. She went in the ER, and, and I could go back with her for a few minutes, but when they admitted her, I couldn't go up with her. It was late at night, so they took her to the room. I wasn't there. It was late at night. And the doctors came in, and a bunch of doctors came in in the middle of the night. That's when you know uh, they, they really need to do something. And uh, they told her, said, Ms. Craver, we're going to have to do a bone marrow biopsy. Uh, and that was before I could even get back there. And bone marrow biopsies, basically, they drill out a piece of your bone in your hip to test it, and that's no fun. And she said this to me. She said, I was in the hospital. And they were telling me this scary test I was going to go through. And they were, as they had to, and I thank God for doctors and nurses and healthcare workers, as they had to, they had to tell her the bad stuff that could have come. Uh, some of the results of this test could be some really bad news. And she said, I was just there in the hospital and I was alone and I was scared. But she said this, she said, God, even if I do get bad news, I know you are with me. And she said at that moment, God's peace came into that room and flooded her heart. She found the secret place. And I've been telling her for weeks now, babe, tell me again how you got to that secret place. Tell me again how you live in that secret place. Sometimes you got to come to the end of yourself and the end of everything else you're relying on out here to find that he truly is our peace as we live in the secret place. Amen. Would you bow with me today? Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Thank you for that today. And I ask that you do your work beyond anything we can do. With heads bowed and eyes closed here today, how many would just say, Pastor, no embarrassment, no shame on anybody. We're not going to embarrass you. But just in this quiet moment, how many would say, Pastor, today... I want to say yes to Jesus Christ as a Savior and Lord of my life. Can I see your hand? God bless you. See that hand over there. Anybody else today? God bless you. Let's celebrate that this morning. Anybody else? Anybody else? God bless you. See one over here. God bless you. I see two. There may be more. I want to pray with y'all right now. And I want you to pray with me. And the church is going to help us. Lord Jesus, I surrender. I give up. I give my life to you. I turn away from my sin, from my brokenness. I believe in what you did for me. I ask your forgiveness. I ask your healing. And I believe it. And I receive it in your name. From this day forward, my life is yours. Amen. Can we celebrate that this morning? Amen. Love y'all so much. Let me bless you today. Lift your hands if you will. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I'll trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will take refuge. His truth will be your shield and buckler. Well, that last part to be incredible part of your blessing today. Some of your fighting battles over truth. His truth will be your shield and buckler. His truth will fight for you this week in Jesus' name. Now I commission you, go out. Make Jesus known in your world. Love you so much. Thanks for being here today. This is going to be a fun series. Let's roll on. Love you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.